0: Welcome to Part 2 of Health System CIO's interview with Saad Chowdhury, the future CIO of saudi German Hospitals Group in Dubai. In this segment, he talks about why his first and most important priority in his new role will be to meet as many leaders as possible, how he hopes to apply lessons learned from Maryland's HIE to help build a robust infrastructure in Dubai, and the tremendous expat communities that are making international moves more attractive for U.S.-based healthcare IT leaders. The following Health System CIO podcast is brought to you by LK, a nationwide leader in healthcare connectivity. Decommission your legacy systems with LK Archive. All systems, all data, one consolidated solution. Retain 100% of your legacy data at 20% of the cost with LK Archive. For more information, visit LK.com. That's E-L-L-K-A-Y dot com.
1: So obviously you're going to have, um, there are a lot of goals that have been outlined. So how do you see your your approach in starting? Obviously it's not something where you can flip a switch on day one, but what do you think are, are really going to be your early priorities in the role?
2: Well, you know, my first priority is going to be to get out there and and meet the leadership, meet everybody who, who is responsible for running this organization, keeping the lights on. So that's going to require a fair amount of travel because of the footprint. But my goal is to essentially meet all the directors of IT, the CEOs, the CFOs, the CMOs of the individual facilities spread out across these continents in that part of the world. And the reason is because a change of this magnitude or change of any magnitude, really, even in the US, a CIO does not uh, do alone. One CIO mm-hmm. is only one person. And as a CIO, my leadership approach has never been to dictate something from the top down. My leadership approach has always been to build a coalition, to understand truly what it is that would benefit the practice of medicine, the business of medicine, and every other supporting entity that leads into your health system that allows for patient care to occur, and then build a coalition with those folks to see how we can do all the changes that are going to happen from a technology standpoint together. And and this manifests itself in many different ways. It manifests itself in me being uh, the person who actually goes out there and shakes hands with the leadership at each facility and says, we need to build trust together and understands their pain points understands exactly what needs to be changed to alleviate some of those pain points but it also means that they know who to come to if the it side of the bargain is not being held up so it's a double edged sword but i think that's the only way to approach changes of of this size and magnitude to have a coalition behind you where everybody is bought in
1: right and, of course, you're dealing with another significant change in moving, uh, moving yourself and your family. And can you talk about kind of how you're approaching it in that way and how you plan to, to try to kind of assimilate into this very different culture?
2: So you're right. It's going to be a big change. My wife is also extremely excited about the prospect of experiencing a new country and new culture but it depends on how you approach large changes from a personal perspective as well. Mm-hmm. I have always, and I think it's, it's out of necessity that I've done it, but I've always melded both sides of my personality together, my personal side and my professional side And and that is that whenever there's a change, uh, I choose to approach it as an adventure, as, as something to learn and grow from. So that allows me to have that positive outlook even when there's a change occurring at work, just the same as if there's a change occurring in my personal life. And this obviously, I think, qualifies as both. My goal in assimilation over there is I've already started to chat with some of the colleagues that I would have once I'm on the ground there. And this does not just include the American or, or the European CIOs from organizations that might be known to me, such as you know some of the American organizations that have a footprint there in that part of the world Cleveland Clinic, Hopkins, those sort, but also beyond that, your local presence of the uh, IT executive leadership out there. So I've already started conversing with, for example, the senior vice president and the CEO of the Abu Dhabi uh, Healthcare Information Exchange that just went live about a month ago. And and they're also building similar HIEs at the other uh, Emirati states. So, you know, Abu Dhabi is one of the uh, United Arab Emirates. Dubai is obviously the other, its neighbor. But then there's Sharjah and then there's others. So all of these individual states in the UAE want to build that interoperability framework for healthcare IT. Abu Dhabi going live with the HIE first is obviously a beacon that everybody else can follow. I truly believe in the local power of a good. HIE. We have a very, very robust one here in the state of Maryland uh, named CRISP, Chesapeake Regional Information System for our patients. I've been very, very engaged with it here, uh, both for my role here at Anne Arundel and my role before Anne Arundel from Hopkins. And and as a result of everybody in the state of Maryland being engaged with the HIE, the HIE is able to do more more and more for all the hospitals in the state. Similarly, I envision a future in that part of the world where these HIEs, as they come, up state by state can then start playing well together as a network Mm -hmm. of HIEs. We have something like that in the United States. This is going to be a first step journey for that part of the world with this. And I'm extremely excited about it. So I'm already starting to buy into that. I'm already starting to build a coalition of change on that specific subject in that part of the world. And my goal is that once I get there, to continue building that out, to continue understanding as we're standing up these regional HIEs, what their pain points are. How do we bring all the other CIOs from all the other organizations in those parts of the world together to the same table just like we did here and then as a result of that how do we make those interoperability pieces better for everybody the dilution of EHRs that's used out there is much wider the spectrum of all the vendors that's utilized out there is much different than what we have in the United States many may see that as a challenge I think that's an amazing opportunity to make a network that's agnostic, that's agnostic for any vendor, that's agnostic of any EHR that the hospital is using, that focuses pure and simple on the exchange of data. And then whatever the hospitals choose to use at the end of that pipeline of data from these state HIEs uh, is up to them. So my goal when I get over there to assimilate on a personal level, of course, is going to be to start building a network on a personal level as well, but on a professional level Level is no different. It's, it's that it's building a network of like-minded healthcare IT folks and then actually using that network to drive the IT change and transformation.
1: Great. Right. that makes sense. And even things like uh, you know finding a home, I know that this occurs to a lot of people who are moving overseas. And Is that something where you you have a place picked out or are you gonna have like a temporary <laughs> home while you're looking? <laughs> Well,
2: you know, I'll tell you, that's the conversation that's been spanning a few dinners in my household now. (laughs) Sure. The, the good thing is that Dubai specifically, but I believe that that holds true for the entire region of the UAE, there's a humongous expat population. I believe the last figures I saw were anywhere from 70 to 80 percent of that region's population are, are expatriates. So mm-hmm. these are people that work there, that live there, but are not from there. Right. and are, are most of the time citizens of many countries uh, surrounding or as far as United States and, and, and European countries. So what they have done then is they have built a social structure around it. They have built processes around it and how to welcome these expats that are coming into their country and allow them to feel at home relatively quickly as compared to some of the other countries around the world. So this also means that the organizations that operate in that part of the world are well-versed in doing this. So from my specific perspective, personally, I was very, very happy and excited, as was my wife, to learn that even though our move, our relocation, our moving of furniture, our moving of items that we own is going to be the biggest we've ever encountered in our lives, it's actually going to be probably the easiest as well (laughs) because we don't have to, for example, we don't have to pack anything uh, because of the way the regulations work around customs. A regulated and certified relocation company has to verify that everything that is packed and sealed has been assessed by them and is on a piece of inventory. So they actually pack everything for you. So they actually wrap up everything for you. So the only thing my wife and I have to do at our home here is just basically put stickers on things to say these things are not going.
1: Right, right, Um, okay. And
2: you know, in terms of finding a home there, uh, they actually have something that they call, you know, orientation firms my future employer has employed one of those orientation firms for my move specifically so these are the folks that are going to work with you directly to say okay what are your requirements of of where you'd like to live what kind of commute would you like what kind of neighborhood would you like what kind of views from your living room windows would you like school districts all those things and then in terms of temporary housing, my organization is, is setting us up in a hotel there until we find something more permanent ourselves while we work with this orientation firm.
1: Right. These are really important things because, you know, obviously this isn't just about a job, it's about a whole life change. So it's important to have these kind of things ironed out and to know that you have that community, that that's really important.
2: Yeah, it's important also to highlight this because as our folks here in the U.S. start thinking globally more and more and, and the global need for American healthcare IT professionals grows, I'm assuming more people are going to do this. You know, I'm not saying specifically Dubai, but everywhere around the world. And as Americans, we have such a vast, beautiful, large piece of land here that we often don't travel much further away from it, especially not relocation-wise. There's many people who don't relocate outside of the United States their entire lives, and that's okay. But there's organizations and companies and countries out there that deal with this on a daily basis at a multiple of, of everything that we do so they are used to it they're accustomed to it and you just have to have faith that uh, if an organization does this for uh, people they're bringing in from outside the country on a weekly basis they can help you out with your move as well so that's absolutely a stressor that as an American moving abroad I had initially but I'm, I'm happy to say but at, at this point it's no longer my chief stress point <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, that's important. As a side note, I lived in Singapore for five years as a kid. And uh, I know that we went through the being in a hotel, uh, you know, for a little bit, finding a house. But I also remember the community. And, and it was incredible. This was a long time ago. So it's probably even better now. But these things are, are so important.
2: Yeah, and, and that's amazing. I had no idea that you had that background. So, you know, you've, um, you've lived this firsthand. You know exactly what I'm talking about, and you're right. You know, yeah. Singapore is another one of those places. I have a few friends that have relocated from the U.S. to Singapore. It's becoming more and more one of those multicultural, multinational hotspots. And then, again, if those things happen, when, when any such concentration occurs, uh, it attracts everything. It attracts all the supporting services that go along with it. So the good news ends up being that for people relocating to such hotspots of expats, there's always going to be some sense of community. There's always going to be some set of organizations that fluidly and, and specifically deal with the action of moving abroad and getting settled in. So you're never going to be basically left up to your own devices to do the research and kind of be lost.
0: Right. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com podcast.